All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer and spit of the one and twos, 877-37-GRIND is your number. All right, today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Maestro de Bell. It is the official tequila of PGA Tour. And also keep in mind, it's sourced from a single estate using the finest 100% blue agave. That is Maestro de Bell Tequila, official sponsor of the Sports Grind as well. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so got a message here from Daryl. Check it in with me. He says, hey, if you're going over with Seattle, then you're picking them to win the division. If I recall correctly, you said the 49ers would win nine. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know, Daryl. I haven't picked the divisions yet. So the over and under, I look at different things. I know what you see, what you're trying to do. You're like, well, hell, if he's picking them on, he's picking them must be Seattle. I don't know yet. And I told you in that tape. I haven't really decided on which way that I'm going, you know, 49ers or Seattle for that NFC West. Um, the only thing I know is that unless Geno Smith returns into Geno Smith in the NFC, they should be a playoff team. Whether that's the division winner, that's where the wild card, they should be a playoff team. If they were an AFC team, I think they might be one year off, one year away. But in the NFC, man, it's, I mean, if you look at it, it's the Eagles it's the 49ers and then that next level of Dallas and then you got somebody else and you might have the Saints knock it right on that next level. So I'm just I just named you four teams. There's four top teams and everybody else I believe is just separated and there's a good separation too. Now again, wasn't going to get into this today, but it just goes back to really what that thing that was starting to rumble amongst people that cover the NFL and former players that started to rumble in May and April saying, hey, if Jordan Love can be a little bit above average, the Packers roster is still a playoff team. And the way he's looked through two preseason games, the way that offensive line looks, and they've got some weapons at receiver. I'm, I didn't buy it, but now I'm starting to see you can't discredit the Packers and the NFC because, honestly, that is the only organization that has shown that they can win that division consistently. Now, I get, get it. That's You're talking about Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But, you know, Aaron had to sit some years, too, and he had to follow Brett. Nobody thought Aaron at the time could go and accomplish what Brett did. So, Jordan Love, I was down when they drafted him. Um, I don't know how I feel either way. I'm going to have to see when real action flies. But when you look at the NFC, man, it's hard to start thinking about going as deep as you can in the AFC. It is just what it is, man. I mean, you you got a situation where I don't think, you know, me and Jonas have kind of talked about this off air. I don't think you're going to have a division in the AFC that sends four teams to the playoffs, but I think there's a good chance that you might have two divisions that send three teams. And that's just how the thick is. And, and I keep repeating this. You're going to have some good double-digit win teams that are probably going to be sitting home with you and I. 877-37-GRIND. All right, keeping it moving. Let's see what else we got going on. Um, in regards to... Uh, this other sports world uh, we talked about well let's circle back a little bit to the NFL because I wanted to talk about in regards to the 
reports that are surfacing around the performance today with the number ones out in uh, Denver against the Rams. You know, part of it, you know, it's hard to gauge that because to me, I think even when you're talking about joint practices and you're talking about still the preseason and of course, you know, they're going to play the final preseason game Saturday night or either tomorrow or Saturday night in Denver. You have to still think when you're in practices, you're still showing things vanilla. Now, I understand for the most part, I understand you're working on certain things, but if you're doing a joint practice and even though the Rams wouldn't be on your schedule, I would have to say that, you know, maybe the reason why it looked like the Denver defense got worked is because, you know, Vance wasn't really displaying everything. Now, you can look at it that way or you can look at the reason why it's been reported that way. And there's a concern is because, again, like I said before, I went to the couple breaks ago, there's been some matriculation down the field. Um, on this defense early on in the first two preseason games. Now, the 49ers, the ones against the 49ers, they didn't, they've been, but they didn't break. Um, a lot of that has to do with what I've been preaching for the last few days here a week on the show is I believe the team and the lack of depth that they have, you know, at that position, at, at different positions, especially the D-line and the offense, especially the offensive line. So, to me, I would say just proceed a little bit with caution, and we really won't know until we get things going. But I will repeat my last Denver note for the day. I would just repeat that this is the most one of the most important week one games that that organization has had in a long time. You want to get this era started off with a win, especially due to the fact it's dead run division. I probably wouldn't be saying that if they were opening non-division. But due to the fact that their track record in this division has been uh, booty juice for the last five to six years, they need to get they need to have some feel good because you're, you're going up against the two teams that got the most question marks in the division, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing you're getting at it starting from the, the get go from week one. That's why it's really important. It's probably important for the Raiders, too. But I think it's more important, I think, for the team in the Maha City. 877-37-GRIND. Also, what I want to get to today, switching back a little bit to baseball. You know, we've been talking about this. Uh, story uh, here for a few days, but the Franco story, uh, the guy in the Rays that allegedly he's on the paid leave list um, in regards to you know, why this investigation goes on. You know, I started to think um, and I got a text and I started to think about this. Why is it like the AP has not been able to really confirm these allegations yet? If you if anybody's been paying attention, a lot of this has been speculation off of this picture that surfaced online about this young lady that supposedly is underage. So the reason why I bring that up is when going back and doing a little bit more research on it, this guy's good. This guy's a good player for race. I mean, this is a diamond stud. And you have to wonder, and the question that I had in the docket, that if he wasn't as good as – he is. And for an organization with the Rays that we know they don't spend a lot of money on free agency, they don't have a lot of money to spend. They do a lot of things from grown, you know, grooming their own players from their own farm system. If Franco wasn't as good as he was, would you would, do we think that the Rays would have washed their hands of him already by now? That's one question I have to ask. And the other part of that part two. Is this story and these allegations you know, the picture surface, but no one has really been able to confirm 100 percent yet. And you got to think in the day and time that we live in and they always call it the TMZ world that we live in. 
no one's been able to really confirm this 100% now. And what, Jonas, this story came out, I mean, this broke probably, what, last Monday maybe? About a week ago? At least over a week, week and a half ago probably. He hasn't played since the 12th, and we're here on the 23rd today. So about two weeks. Yeah. and it's Coming just, up on it. And like I said a little bit yesterday's show, and this is before I really knew how important he, he is to the Rays, but like – we're talking about like we're we're not really talking about rape or sexual assault. I mean, we are talking about with the minor, you know, just having relations with the minor. I don't know what those relations are. I'm not going to say that and play that, you know, lawyer on radio when I don't know the facts and all the information. But we're talking about yes or no. Was it an inappropriate relationship? With the minor, and now I'm hearing. You know, I was looking at Sports Center last. I mean, Linda Cohn is reporting like they're. She used the plural. She used the s. Yeah, everywhere it's girls, underage girls, plural. What's taking so long, though? I mean, th- that's the reason why. That's why I'm even bringing this up again because I think, in my opinion, it has a lot to do what his value is to the Rays. And I think also it has a lot to do because he's not an American-born player. And what I mean by that is that we, when we talked about it, I said, hey, you know, different cultures have different things. I mean, that runs, you know, cultures accept that. Don't know. I think when you look at all those elements and you're talking about the Dominican Republic who's investigating on their end, I mean, the perfect is, I mean, it's kind of a little bit different because I think, and that's why I say nothing's really been confirmed yet. But look how quickly... And how swiftly the Dodgers acted when it came to Trevor Bauer. And trust me, just for the record, I don't like Trevor Bauer. Even before this whole situation, he's gotten himself in the last few years. Didn't like Trevor Bauer's attitude. I just never met the man. Never probably will. I just didn't like the way he showed up his managers when they came to pull him out. He was just whatever. I mean, but think about how quickly the Dodgers acted. When there was allegations with Trevor Bauer and really what it's come about to where, in my opinion, after the facts and with the trial, it just sounds like, you know what, Trevor Bauer put his trust in a certain female that he shouldn't, that they partake in some really, you know, aggressive adult behavior. And Trevor Bauer didn't have any, you know, consent, a waiver paper signed. That's that's the way I looked at the whole case. But look how quickly they swift. And this is Trevor Bauer, damn near. I think Trevor Bauer has been in contention for a Cy Young before. I don't know if he's won one. He's but, won. Okay, there you go. Cy, former Cy Young winner. But this situation with Franco is dragging out and out, and it's two weeks, and we're just talking about either yes or no. Did he have relations with the minor? And like you said, and like I heard last night, because I thought we were singling on one female. We're talking girls in Pearl. So, yes, in my opinion, if Franco wasn't Franco and he wasn't a blue chipper, I think for sure the Rays in this climate that we're in, regardless whether this took place in the Dominican, regardless if it took place over in the States, China, Russia, whatever, he'd probably be off the team in this day and time, in my opinion. But again, there's been no confirmation from the AP or nobody's confirmed this. Everybody's still going off of social media pictures. And it just, and then that also kind of makes me wonder what exactly is kind of really going on. Eight seven seven three seven grind. Also, what else we got getting on today? A little college football. We're a few days away uh, from kicking things off. Uh, we'll definitely. I'll, I haven't even looked at the opening weekend schedule yet. I'll know exactly. You know, we'll talk a little bit Friday about who some of the key games early that's coming up. 
Um, but what I did want to touch on college, Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush, according to reports, sometime today, if he hasn't already today, or very soon is supposed to be announcing a class action lawsuit against the NCAA for pretty much the defamation of character. And it stems from, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of this stems from the Heisman um, situation. You know, Reggie Heisman, you know, as well documented, if you haven't been on the rock forever, but his Heisman was stripped. Um, and he's suing the NCAA uh, for allegedly accusing him of a pay-for-play situation. Now, in my opinion, um, I've never been, I mean, I, I mean, I've always had respect for Reggie. I've never been that big of a fan of Reggie Bush. Uh, but the reality of it is, and what I think this has to do, because again, I'm all about time. And it's the same way I feel about the James Harden situation uh, with Daryl Morey in regards to them finding, uh, even though Jonas and I disagree, it's the same way I feel like that because I'm about timing. Um, one thing I haven't brought up on this show, um, the fact of it is I did finish the documentary um, in regards to Johnny Menzel. And I know it started to circulate uh, because I even thought about it when I was watching it, but it started to circulate and catch some legs. It's like, hey, they never tripped. They never stripped Johnny Menzel of his Heisman. And Johnny just went on in front of millions of people. And incriminated himself like the statutory eliminations have already expired. So to me, in my opinion, this is not a coincidence that what this documentary has been out now for about two weeks, three weeks already, two and a half weeks, the Johnny Menzel one. Uh, when him and his partner or his best friend, formal business partner, sit up there and just tell told everything. And the crazy thing I never touched on with that, the only thing that I took away from that that I didn't know is really like uh, the suicide situation. But really, the fact that this whole thing about Johnny coming from oil money was a big farce. They use it as a cover up because where he was getting money. But make no mistake about it. The timing of this has a lot to do with reggie bush's people and people in reggie's ear to be like look where's the double jeopardy why hasn't johnny menzel why hasn't he had to forfeit his heisman do you have the question do you have the answer to that jonas what would, what would be your thoughts because honestly i think and this is the reason why i bring it up because this lawsuit because again you got to think Reggie ain't had that Heisman since when? I mean, hell, they stripped him from what his first year in the league, second year in the league, had already been stripped of it. It was a few years in it. I, yeah. I double checked the time frame. It was 2010. Yeah. So 2010, and we're 2023. And now there's a lawsuit. The other factor of it is I'm going to put 70% of it has to do with the Johnny Menzel situation in the documentary, but I'm going to put the other 30 of it has to do with actually there's some resentment and there's something in Reggie Bush as well, too, and his representation, especially Reggie Bush and his family. I was born at the wrong time. Because what I was doing, what these kids are getting now, which is because of the NIL rules and what's capable, what I was doing back then is illegal and really couldn't do it. But my whole name and my whole, you know, image was tarnished from it. And there could be a different, you know, a little resentment. They're like, hey, man, there was no NIL then. Sorry. 
I mean, I, I've always said that. I mean, look, there's some athletes that just came out of their mama's womb in the wrong time. Whether it was before the money exploded, before pay, before million dollar contracts, it's just life, you know. But I do think that those two things, when I saw this this morning, I do think those two things kind of sprung Reggie to take this action. Is I just feel that the talk and the talk of the Johnny Menzel documentary, the jerseys. I mean, Johnny lied to the NCAA in the investigation and all that. And keep in mind, Johnny was the first true freshman to win that award. True freshman. Things that make you say, hmm. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spit of the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. We've been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. All right, we all know this summer's been extremely hot. But we also know now it's going to be blazing because you have the Zing Zang new bla uh, Blazing Bloody Mary mix. That is the latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup. It brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted from a bold, savory taste. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. And don't forget, Zing Zang responsibly. 87737 grind. All right, a couple of things before we uh, call it a day on this hump day. 
uh, that's on the docket. Before we get to that, because I want to circle back to the uh, Randall Cobb comments on the hard knock, uh, but we've got some developing uh, situations going on out in Indy, according to Adam with Jonathan Taylor. So what's the update that we're finding out about that? Yeah, uh, within the last hour, Adam Schefter tweeting that there's a deadline now. Uh, The Colts have given Jonathan Taylor until Tuesday, so uh, just under a week now, uh, to find a suitable trade after authorizing him to, you know, seek a trade. Uh, This is coming from Stephen Holder. Uh, Six teams have inquired about Taylor's availability, and two have made offers. Um... My initial thoughts with the deadline, and, and to me, if it's... And that, of if, course, is going to be the cut deadline is next Tuesday. The pup list deadline is also next Tuesday. I still think it rings to me that this has gotten personal with Ursay, And he's the guy. It, this isn't Ballard, man. I mean, Ursay's making all these calls. I'm just glad that the national media and everybody is getting to see what I've been preaching on my platform for the last, I don't know, four years about Jim Ursay. I think he's a genuinely good guy. I think he's a good man at heart. You know, never met him. But the truth of the matter is, he's running this organization into the ground. And it doesn't matter who you draft, fourth overall, third overall, one overall. It doesn't matter who your running back is. It doesn't matter what your defense or the coach, the next bright thing you hire. If you don't have good ownership uh, ownership at all, you can't win in this league. You can't win in professional sports, period, but damn sure the NFL. You can have one of the goats of your organization running the show, a la John Elway. You can have another person that's been in the organization forever running the show a la Joe Ellis. But if you ain't got an owner, which they didn't have for all them years, things are hard to win because everybody's running amok and nobody really wants to take, nobody wants to challenge, nobody wants to question John. And this is the situation with Ursay. If you've got bad ownership and you've got a guy, see, there's a difference, you know, AC talk, oh, well, Jerry talks all the time. Look, Jerry likes to have his weekly radio shows. He likes to have his post-game victory shows. But I have never, like, Jerry might comment, and probably more now than he ever has, but Jerry might comment on a contract situation, whatever like that, or when he's asked a question. But Jerry has never showed his true feelings about how he feels about an individual negatively even if he does publicly. Ursay, and I'm going to stick to this, if he doesn't go and meet with the media after the meeting in the private bus in training camp a few weeks back, Jonathan Taylor would still be upset because he didn't have a new contract, but he wouldn't be asked to be getting traded. And so to me, it's like if you knew, because to me, again, I'm going to tell you, this has, for Jonathan Taylor being the face of the franchise and their best player for the few years, the guy that put the franchise on his back when Andrew Luck walked out after the third preseason, the last preseason game, you don't put a deadline on him if you give a damn about him. Like the whole thing about the cut down day on Tuesday, or they might have to put him on this list for the season. He can't play for the fourth games. If you knew, if it was really about a deadline, then why are you just now giving them permission to seek a trade? Ursay is all, he's calling all this. He's made it personal with Jonathan Taylor. 
because they want him to wait. Like I said, this has really never been about, I understand why business-wise, why they don't want to give Jonathan Naylor any new money. I've never been killing Ursa about that. I'll repeat this. My problem with this situation is the way he's handled it. He's made it worse. And what Colts fans got to realize, if Jonathan Taylor never takes another snap for the Indianapolis Colts, you can say that under Ursay's tutelage, he is ruined the career. Well, he is ruined and forced out of town their two last big players in the last 10 years since the Peyton Manning era. Andrew Luck, because he was too busy not paying attention, like, hey, man, uh, we got to take care of him, and forced him to retirement, and now Jonathan Taylor. But it's the way he's handling it publicly. Now, according to Adam, too, you said that how many teams have already made an offer? And go back to the report. Here. I think you said there's been a total of six teams inquired, six, but two teams. I, yeah, I think six. Yeah, I think you're right. There's six teams, and then two with offers. Six teams interested. And I don't really want to rehash it, but you know, like I said yesterday, and you can go check the podcast on SportsGroundOnline.com. Miami makes it look. Let me tell you something. I told you this yesterday. I know Lewis Reddick agrees with me. If Miami finds a way to get Jonathan Taylor, that's a wrap. That's a wrap for Aaron. That's a wrap for Josh. Should have got it done when you had a chance. And, hey, Bill Belichick might make it interesting. If the Miami Dolphins have to just give up future picks and maybe something else, and they get Jonathan Taylor with Mike McDaniels, which is one of the one of the brightest young running game control game planners that cut his teeth from Kyle Shanahan over there, all that running backs and all them running, that was McDaniels. You give them Jonathan Taylor with Waddle and Tyreek Hill that is going to have a good look at two dimes, which is equivalent to 2,000 yards, good luck. You better hope to, uh, if you're in the AFCs, you better hope, I hate to have say it, but it sounds harsh, but you better hope somebody get a good look on a good lick on Tua because they're they going to be hell on wheels. But I feel like it needs to be a team like Miami. I want to see him, be honest with you, as a football fan, I'm kind of irritated because I don't get to see Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor on the field together. I wanted to see what that looked like with Steichen at the helm. If he's this boy wonder, we're probably not going to get to see it. And if I am Ursay, if you really want to save this situation, and if you want to feel like, yeah, let's see if we can compete, because they're really telling you that we don't think we're going to be a playoff team because he would have his money. I would sit there and take a page from Barkley. I would go and tell Jonathan Taylor, look, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a little bit of raise. You signed that tag. It would have been like $10 million. So I'm going to go ahead and pay you $13 million or $12.5, $13 million for one year, and we'll lace it in there as some incentives. You win the Russian title, uh, half a million, million dollar bonus. Million dollar bonus. We go to play in a Super Bowl, which we don't think that's going to happen with the Indianapolis Colts this year, but stranger things happen. You get a, That's what I would do if you really want, and not only that, if you really care about protecting your young asset, which I believe you are forcing Steichen and everybody in that Ballard Steichen, you are forcing him to be there to start at week one. Just like you forced them to go ahead and cut Carson Wentz or trade him when you came in there bang, banging on the ball oh, after week 17 loss in Jacksonville. Oh, is this our guy or not? I need a quarterback. He's the one that has Anthony Richardson starting at week one, whether he's ready or not. So if you really want to protect your young asset, because you already screwed up the other one, Andrew Luck, he's reading books and hiking in the mountains. 
Because you were too busy drafting Anthony Dorsett's first round out of University of Miami when Andrew Luck had been pissing blood from getting hit so damn much. Give Jonathan Taylor one year deal because that's the only way I think Jonathan coming back. Now, the deadline, because I feel like they should have gave him out of there. But what they're also playing is like, okay, we're going to say it's too high, but we're going to let you go out there and see that you're not really going to be worth than what you're worth. And I think that that's a loaded situation because it's not about they don't think Jonathan Taylor's worth it because I'm eager to hear what these two offers they've already got, what they're thinking about, because they know you got to give them a new contract. I think it has to do more about, look, we know he doesn't want to be there, and we know y'all don't really want him there anymore. So why are we going to give you a first-round pick or all this stuff that equips the first-round pick? It's going to be very interesting what those two offers are going to be. But I think Miami's got the money. I think Chicago. I would like to see it with Justin Fields in Chicago. But I damn sure don't want to see him in Buffalo. I think that's a waste because Buffalo ain't showed me that they're committed to running yet. I don't give a damn who they get until they see otherwise. But that's a juicy drop right there by Adam. Uh, but you really definitely want to get this situation resolved if you're the Colts because, again, this ain't fair to Steichen. It's not because this is – I mean, he's got to deal with it. He filled out the application. There's only 32 jobs out there of being an NFL head coach. I'm not – he's a big boy. I ain't trying to feel sorry for him. But at the end of the day, if he's trying to create a new culture and he's trying to get this thing turned around, backed in respectable you know, standards – you can't have him dealing with this stuff as the best player on the team out there because it will leak into the rest of the organization. Because I guarantee you, you're probably going to hear if he comes out with a good season and Michael Pittman, their wide receiver, and he's talking to he's dodged his contract questions as well. But if he comes out and starts talking about contract, if he's balling out, I'll tell you about week 10 and week nine. Let's say Colts are surprise team and Anthony Richards look like he's just a phenom, which he could be. I mean, he could just hit the ground running and pick it up. I don't know. But let's say that's to happen. You're going to slowly hear about Anthony leaking about maybe some contract because they're going to look at it like, look, if Jonathan Taylor ain't getting paid around here, am I going to get paid? And that ticket is a lot higher for the wide receiver than it is for the running backs. We all know that. 877-37-GRIND. Going to the Jets. I guess an episode on hard knocks had Randall Cobb huddle around the receivers and say, hey, man, listen up. You know, 12, or I mean eight. Eight wasn't too happy in regards to, you know, said there was some mistakes made in the room. He wasn't happy what he saw. In the, speaking of the receiver room, he goes, I'm just telling you right now. He goes, there's going to be, everything's fine and Danny now, but there's going to be a time where he's going to lose it. He's going to explode. He goes, I'm being serious. Now, Aaron Rodgers meets with the media, and he gets up there, and Aaron downplays it. Aaron said, like, oh, I heard what uh, Cobb said to the guys. Like, look, look. You know, I, don't, I want everybody to feel a part of this. I, I don't want to embarrass guys, you know, and feel, you know, I, you know, yes, there's going to be intensity picked up. You know, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be some things, but I'm not here to embarrass anybody. Man, Aaron, it, it's crazy to me when guys, even the stature of Aaron Rodgers, you talk about the fame and the wealth. It's crazy to me when you could tell that you care what people think of even though you're coming across as being so narcissist and such an ego it's just and all about me you could tell when people care about and they got rabbit ears when they care about what people think about them and say about them aaron has heard everything from people like me everybody talking about being a bad teammate he wasn't around what he did to the packers last few years and i have seen aaron and i'm thinking like you know what you lying aaron because at the end of the day when real thing when we when real bullets start flying 
Okay, there's going to be some situations to where, especially if that offensive line doesn't perform and this offense is struggling to get off the ground, you can't tell me in the heat of the moment Aaron ain't going to dress down somebody. But the reason why he's pushing back, like, first of all, like, I'm like, Aaron, that's what you bought Randall Cobb there for anyway. You got all these dudes, some of these dudes from the Green Bay. You brought a guy in like that to share your message, to let them know, like, this, this is what Randall Cobb's there. But when he puts it out there on the cameras and NFL films pick it up, now all of a sudden it's like, nah, man, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I would love to take a poll for some of them receivers that still left in Green Bay and what they think. I thought that was very – that's what stood out. But, I mean, look, that's what he said he's going to do. Maybe – and like I said, a lot of people feel like he looked happier more there than he ever has in years with Packers because they're catered to him. They're giving him all the control. I mean, he's even – well, you know, uh, you know, I know Sala was kind of nervous because, he, you know, he had the conversation I was going to play. I was actually going to ask him to play. Oh, Robert Sala, the head coach, is nervous about coming to talk to you about something? This guy. This guy, they kick it over. And you know what? And let me tell you something, too. If I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, I'm probably looking at that schedule. And I'm saying, like, damn, really? This is what, like, they gave the Jets a, a big division game. The, the team that's won the division for, like, the last two or three years. They give them opening night in New York on September the 11th. Think about that. Like, I mean, September the 11th, what means to that city, really for the whole country, but what it means in the electricity that's going to be in MetLife Stadium on 9-11 on Monday night. They all, I've always said this. The hardest thing to do in the National Football League is win a primetime division game. A division game is tough, but a division game on the road in primetime is tough to win in the National Football League, even for bottom feeders. If I'm the Bills fan, like, yeah, y'all going to give us y'all going to do us like that? They setting it up for them. September 11th, they got Buffalo coming to New York. Why can they open in Buffalo? I know it's scheduling. But Aaron Rod I mean, he's showed up. He's been there since the offseason. He's been there all season. So it's kind of interesting on how it's all played out. But again, I thought that that was kind of rich in regards to saying, no, Cobb's not right. I don't want to embarrass anybody, really. I just get coaches fired behind closed doors and play country dumb when the reporters from the Cheese Gazette comes in and ask me about this. How do you feel about Mike McCarthy? Oh, I, I had no idea. I was kind of shocked. <sighs> I would love to interview Aaron Rodgers' brother. I'd be like, you know what? I don't even know what his name is, but I'd love to interview him. What has it been like growing up with this guy? Bet you it was totally different when he was at Cal, wasn't it? Has he checked on mom yet? I'd love to interview him. There's a lot of pressure on that offensive line, too, by the way. 877-37-GRIND. Also, what else, Jonas, did we have that I might have missed out on that we didn't get to? Let me see here. Uh, you had Watson and Pickett. Oh, yeah. Oh, Watson. See? I just proved my point. Uh, you know I'm in Deshaun Watson's corner. He's skating under the radar, man. He might be – people in Cleveland might be talking back and forth about, oh, I don't know, he's got to do this. Nationally, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson – Hell, even Josh Allen, Deshaun is kind of now, maybe this is going to change when the season starts, but he's kind of fine on the radar. Speaking of Pickett, you know, I've been high on them, you know, really the last two preseason games. I think Pittsburgh and the Raiders have really popped off of the screen of me at all teams this preseason and probably the Saints first team offense, too. 
But Pickett's like, calm down, man. Relax the expectations and the hype. It's just preseason, bro. I'm like, oh, Pickett, no, hold on now. Like, I get what he's saying. But at the end of the day, look, man, there's a guy that came before you by the name of Big Ben. Okay? Used to get busy in Burger King bathrooms a lot. That guy had a lot of pressure going into steel country every time you know the towels come out you play that position from the terry bradshaws to the bins tommy maddox yeah i said tommy maddox there's pressure there but i see pickett they're like look man you play with pittsburgh like the whole thing with tomlin never winning less than eight games i hear bro y'all look good Y'all look good. And, and, and again, that's a young quarterback because, again, not everybody everybody can play that position. There's only 32. Not everybody can play it. There's more than others. But just the guys that do qualify, they don't mean that they deal with pressure the same kind of way. They don't deal with pressure the same type of way when it comes to that. And that's a little bit of the difference. But I think Pickett, along with the receiving core, I think he's going to have a breakout year. And that's the reason why Pittsburgh, I didn't know where I fit because, again, that north is going to be something to – that's going to be must-see TV, but it falls down to if Pickett's ready to make that leap and T.J. Watt can stay healthy, they're going to be a problem. Because in the two preseason games I watched with the Ravens, I still a little bit shaky. I mean, the rookie wide receiver is getting a lot of love. I get it, Odell, but I'm still a little bit shaky with their secondary. But starting Friday, tomorrow we finish with the final two teams, the over-under, and then Friday we start picking these divisions, and then right before we kick off, that's when I'll give the Super Bowl prediction to see how it plays out. But for today, for this hump day edition, that is a wrap. That is a final score. I want to thank the producers to the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.